good morning. Oh, that was almost as lame as the answer you gave Matt. Let me try that again. Good morning. morning. There you go. I know it's early in the morning, blah, blah, blah. But come on, you got to do it. That's good. Uh, So a couple of quick things. I have one request. Can we actually turn the house lights up just a little bit so I can, if that doesn't mess up the video, so I can see a little bit better uh, who it is that I'm talking with. Uh, so I'll give you a quick picture of the seminary, and then we're going to dive into James uh, and a fascinating book that I think is really relevant to our world right now. Uh, but just to give you a quick picture of the seminary, um, there's you heard Matt talk about teaching church, and I talk about that. We're actually imagining this to be a long-term relationship. This isn't a one-off and, oh, we hope it works and it may, may not do it again. We're actually wanting to come alongside uh, SunWest, see it kind of as a hub for Calgary and this whole area, and uh, serve alongside here. So hopefully... Uh, lots of things will happen. If you don't know, uh, you actually, as an MB church, as a Mennonite Brethren church, you actually own a Mennonite Brethren seminary. And so a quick picture about it. I won't talk for a long time because it's not, uh, I could, but that's not why I'm here. Uh, We do a couple of things. We divide everything we do kind of into two areas. One we call integrate and one we call navigate. And integrate speaks to the more formal side. So that's graduate degrees, master's degrees, doctoral degrees, that kind of thing. You see three pictures on the screen on on that side. And uh, churches, so that's teaching churches, which you already know about. And then we offer uh, everything online as well. So you can take courses, uh, certificates, degrees, all of that online or a combination, something in the church, something online. And then we also partner with schools across the country, uh, a number of partnerships that we have in, in most of the provinces. And so I'll, that's a, a quick picture there. And then on Navigate, what that means is we provide also uh, more maybe topical resources. So a webinar on medical assistance and dying or a conference on leadership and how that works organizationally or kind of these one-offs uh, that are that are much more accessible online in person as conferences and then of course we do devotionals and a number of people who attend this church actually sign up and receive our Christmas devotionals and our Easter devotionals so we try to serve as as, as broadly as we can uh, but I actually have a request uh, if if any if the whole ministry of education and training and leadership development interests you uh, every Monday morning I actually sit at my desk or I that's not true. I sit at my computer wherever I happen to be and I type out a quick email update uh, that just says, hey, here's stuff that's happening in the life of the church, I mean, of the seminary. Um, things that I'm trying to, we're trying to discern. Could you pray for us? Things maybe that I'm uh, working through that week. Hey, could you pray for me in this meeting or I'm working on that project? But a way to actually... Um, Come alongside and pray for the seminary, pray for me in the ministry that we have. If you want to, at the Welcome Center, there's a piece of paper. It looks just like that. And you can just put your name and email on that, or you can email me uh, whatever you want directly. I don't use your email addresses for anything else, literally. Nobody else has access to them. You don't get spam for anything. It's just on Monday mornings, I give you a quick prayer right and ask you to pray. So if you want to do that, I would absolutely love that. Um, that'd be the greatest thing ever. So, that being said, uh, it's Audience Participation Sunday. Now, some of you are going, yes! Others are going, oh, good grief, why did I come to church this morning? Uh, I totally get that, but don't worry, I'm not going to put you in the spot. What I am going to do, because we're going through James, I'm going to put five quotes on the screen, and your job is simply to put up your hand if you think it is from Did I say they were from James? That was wrong. Uh, I'm going to put five quotes on the screen. Your job is simply to put your hand up if you think it's from the book of James. And if it isn't, don't put your hand up. Is that clear? Hello? Okay, good. Just making sure. So here's the first one. 
Uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it'll be given to you. Who thinks that's from James? Okay, who thinks that's not from James? So I'm not a genius here, but there's a bunch of people who didn't put up their hands. Who's too scared to put up their hands? Yes, now the hands go up. Me, me. Yes, it is from James. James 1.5. Who got it right? All right, everybody put their hand up. Got that one right, right? Perfect. Okay, second one. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Does that come from James? Okay, fewer people are thinking so. Who thinks not James? Again, who's scared to vote? It is James. Anybody two for two? Okay, a couple hands there, there. No, not many. Okay. Third one, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Who thinks it's James? Who thinks it's not James? It's not James. Anybody three for three? Oh, we got some three for threes. Okay. Number four, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. James. Oh, not James. Who's totally unsure and not putting their hand up? <laughs> yeah, me. It is James. Anybody four for four? Okay. Fifth one. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Who thinks James? Who thinks not James? Not James. Anybody five for five? No? Okay, Matt, your next teaching series is on the book of James, and you're going to go through it from beginning to end, and I'll come back, and we'll do the same quiz, and we'll see what people do. How's that sound? All right. So uh, we are going to actually look at the last two verses of James today, James 5, 19 to 20. So if you have a Bible or your phone or whatever it is, I'll have it on the screen too if you don't have that. Uh, but if you want to get that, that would be great. But I want to give a little bit of a context before we jump into that. Um, so if you, if you were to read through the whole book of James first, which was always a good thing to do, read a whole book of the Bible, don't just pick and choose verses, you would get to the very end and then we would find verses 19 to 20. And depending on what you think and how you read it, you may go, ah, are those kind of like an add-on at the end? I'm not sure if they actually fit. I would actually argue that those last two verses are the summary of the book of James. Uh, so James says a whole pile of things, um, teachings about all, a huge range of topics, if you're familiar with the book, and he kind of wraps it up at the end with those two verses. And that's what we're going to look at today. But before we do that, I'll give you a bit of context. Uh, so James, uh, the book of James was written by James, who was likely the half-brother of Jesus, uh, which means that his older brother was Jesus. Now, stop for a second. How would you feel if your older brother literally did no wrong. That would be a rough way to grow up, right? Whatever the dispute was, whatever, what, do you think you're perfect? Well, actually, right? I mean, it would be rough to have Jesus as your older brother. Uh, but G J uh, James doesn't abandon the faith. He stays in it. And he actually becomes uh, one of the early evangelists and leaders in the church on behalf of Jesus. Uh, it was written during the first century, so and some people would say it might even be one of the first books that was written in the New Testament. So it's a really early picture of what it means to follow Jesus by someone who knew Jesus really, really well. Uh, it's written to people who were scattered all over the world. So it wasn't written to people who were just in Jerusalem or whatever. So we would maybe be in that trajectory, right? We follow Jesus, some of us uh, uh, here, and we're around the world. And so um, it would be relevant to us pretty directly. And then the themes are um, living 
as a holy life. So holy living, what does it mean to, to live uh, with integrity and holiness in our lives? And perseverance, how do we persevere when times get tough? And it's challenging to actually live as a follower of Jesus. That's kind of the bigger picture of what James is about. So with that in mind, uh, let me actually read uh, verses, uh, chapter 5, verses 19 to 22. Um, and if you have a Bible, you can, you can pull it out um, and your phone or whatever. I'm now of the age where I have to have reading glasses. That's embarrassing. Um, but I'll read this to you. Uh, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. There's a lot in there. And we could actually spend a lot of time just diving into some of those very key phrases. And and we could probably spend a weekend talking about that. Uh, But I'm going to highlight a few key things from there for us this morning. But first, uh, I want to tell a story. Um, Have you ever said to yourself or said to your spouse or said to someone you're out with somewhere, uh... I think we might be lost, right? A certain series of events have to happen leading up to that before you said that. Uh, and so a few years ago, uh, I was, there's a picture on the screen there, uh, Raven Lake, you can see the, the little pin. Uh, that's, if you know British Columbia, pretty much the center uh, is where I was uh, between Prince George and, and McBride, if you know BC geography. And a friend and I were out in Jasper hiking for a few days, hiking and camping. And then our way back to Prince George, I'm from Prince George, by the way. Uh, so that was home for me at that point. Um, on our way back after a few days of hiking, we were going to stop by a place called Raven Lake that we had been to before and hike up to the top. There's a beautiful cabin by a lake. It was actually a really gorgeous setting. We were going to spend overnight there. And then we were going to have friends from Prince George meet, out, uh, meet us for the day. And then we'd all kind of hike down and go back together. That was the plan. And so uh, Ian is my friend's name, and we were having a great time in, in uh, Jasper. And then the morning that we were going from Jasper back to, to Raven Lake, uh, I didn't really feel that great. Uh, and so I thought, I'm not going to eat anything because I don't know how well it's going to go. So not feeling the greatest, uh, didn't eat breakfast at all. Uh, any of you have hiked already are going, oh, red flag. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, I didn't eat. We went, drove to the, to the trailhead, started hiking. You go up to a place called Grizzly Den first. Uh, it's, it's beautiful as well. And it's kind of like a, a big arc that we were doing. So here, you know, trailhead here over to Grizzly Den, uh, hike over to Raven Lake and then go back down. And then we would, uh, get our vehicles coordinated and we would drive back home. That was, that was the plan. And so it was a beautiful day. I remember that. Um, and we're hiking along, having a great time, get to Grizzly Den. Oh, yeah, remember all this? Because we had done this before. We had done the route uh, the other direction as well. And so we knew it. Uh, and because we knew it, who needs a map, right? Uh, already, right? If you, those of you who hike or spend time in the wilderness, like, hmm, uh, you're catching on to where the story's going to go. And so we, we get past Grizzly Den and we start hiking. And uh, after a while, I'm like, huh. I know it's been a couple of years since we've done this trail, but I don't remember this. Uh, whatever, things change. It's the wilderness. And Ian's like, yeah, that's, you know, we've, whatever. We know where we're going. So we're hiking along, and then we go up this ridge and down the ridge. And I'm like, I don't remember actually going down this ridge either. But we're not smart enough to clue in what's going on, right? We're, we can't figure it out. And then eventually, time is passing. It's getting darker. And we're like, okay, we really should have been to Raven Lake at this point. What's the deal? And the trail is getting harder and harder to find. We're thinking, was no one come out here anymore? Why is the trail so beaten down? And then it's like, oh, after a few hours of being off trail, oh, maybe we're lost. No, 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 no. We wouldn't be lost. Other people get lost. We don't get lost. We got lost. 
And so uh, we thought, okay, there's another ridge. Let's climb there and see where we are. So we climbed up to the top, looked out, and we saw, oh, two ridges over. That's where we're supposed to be. Uh, great. And so, well, now we know what we have to do. So we started to backtrack. Uh, and it, again, it's getting dark. We weren't prepared to hike at night, really. And we work our way, eventually find ourselves back to the main trail we were supposed to be on. And at that point, all of my gas ran out. My energy was gone because I was feeling sick. I didn't feel properly. We were out longer than expected. And I just crashed. And I sat down on the side of the trail and I'm like, Ian, I can't go on. I just can't. Just leave me here on the side of the road. I'll just lay here on the trail. I'll just lay here. You go ahead, you know, meet everybody else. Come back, get me in the morning. If you do any kind of hiking, you know how dumb that is, right? But when you get tired and exhausted, you start thinking that dumb things are good things. And he's like, no, 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 no. So kind of grabs me, pulls me up, and we trudge along. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. And so I, I can't remember how many times I would sit down, he'd grab me, we'd go. And it took us forever. And eventually, uh, I think it may have been one in the morning, we finally ended up at the cabin at Raven Lake. And I just crashed. And I was actually so weak the next day, I couldn't even carry my pack on the way down. A friend had to do that. Um, but we got back alive, which is good. But we learned a lot in that story. I want you to keep that in the back of your head as we go through James. Because I think uh, there's, an, a, there's some points of connection between getting lost on a trail and what James is talking about and our Christian life or the life uh, of someone who's spiritually exploring. I think there's some similarities and I want to walk us through some of that stuff uh, just in our, our time this morning together. So James 5, 19 to 20, there's five phrases I'm going to draw our attention to. And we'll just kind of work through them uh, bit by bit. So the first one is this. Uh, James starts by saying, uh, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth. So the whole idea of wandering from truth is interesting. Already it's saying truth is something that can be wandered from. Right? It's possible. So, and truth, biblically speaking, is a way of life. Uh, and there's lots of, of illustrations and teachings about truth in the Old and New Testaments that talk about uh, rejecting truth or living to accor- according to truth. And it's meant to be uh, the way that a follower of Jesus fa- lives or the path they follow. Like that's truth. Truth, biblically speaking, is never just information. It's information that's lived out. Uh, and you could make the case if you're not living it out, out, then you don't actually really believe the truth anyways. And so truth is something, uh, as James is saying, is you can actually wander from that. Someone can actually leave that path and go away, the same way that we kind of are similar to the way that we we left the trail that we were on. Um, Loyalty to God, faithful living, living truthfully, is has been required in an expectation of a relationship with him since the very beginning. The nature of that loyalty changes from Old Testament to New Testament, but the expectation of loyal living remains. And James starts by saying, you know, brothers and sisters, some of you, this is interesting because he's talking to followers of Jesus, some of you have wandered from the truth. But he continues, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, I find this one interesting, uh, challenging and interesting, uh, interesting because that theme of bringing people back is throughout the Bible. If we were to jump ahead really quickly to uh, the book of Jude, um, which is a fascinating book. If you want to read a book that seems to me to be incredibly relevant to this time and day and age, it's the book of Jude. Um, but right near the end of his book, his letter, Jude says, uh, be merciful to those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire the fire. 
To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. But this whole idea of snatching people from the fire, uh, we grew up with our kids. We have two daughters. They're both in their 20s now. Uh, but we did lots of camping. And if you've ever done this, you know the whole scenario. You're sitting around a campfire, and, and kids, when they're little, um, they just don't know. And at different times, we'd see you know, one of our girls wandering toward the fire. Well, I wouldn't just go, oh, uh, Emily, you shouldn't go near the fire. You're going to get burned. That's going to hurt. No, I jump out of my chair. I grab her and I pull her back, right? I snatch her from the fire. I save her. I, I actually do something uh, to bring her back to save her. And that's what James is talking about here. Um, now, it's an easy thing to do with kids, right? Because I love my kids deeply. You all, like, no, you would do it with other people. But for some reason, I find it hard to do when someone wanders from the faith, when someone wanders from the truth. Uh, maybe you're like me, if you're fully honest, uh, and you know people in your life, uh, family members or friends, where you kind of go, that's not going to end well, the path that you're going down. And maybe you talk with other people and you go, they aren't on a good trajectory. I know where that ends. We all know where that's going to end up. And we do nothing. We just watch them go off the path. We know where it goes. I don't want to offend them. What if it doesn't go well? Oh, I don't want to, like, what if they don't receive it? Well, I don't want to be judgmental. And we see people who are wandering from the truth. We see the trajectory they're on. And we go, eh, I can't be bothered. If I'm honest, I do that sometimes. Because I, I don't want people to be offended by me coming across as, as judgmental or telling them what they're doing is wrong or whatever. And I just do nothing sometimes. And James is saying, uh-uh-uh, that's not the way it works. If some of you wander from the truth, and someone should bring them back. And then the story goes on uh, with what he says. People don't always find their way home. It doesn't always work out. Us, me, you, maybe if you're like me, being passive, just going, well, I hope they find their way back. Sometimes means they won't find their way back. But James says more about this. Uh, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way, and then I'll go to the rest of the sentence in a second, uh, but from the error of their way. um, It's interesting, and I can, because I work for a seminary, I can be a nerd for a second. So in the Greek, uh, because James was originally written in something called Koine Greek, so we're reading it in an English translation. Uh, The word for wanderer and the word for error are actually the same Greek word, but our translations, uh, just because of the way English works, translate them differently. And here James is saying, to start off with, some of you may wander from the truth. So that wander there is a verb, right? Some of us may actively wander from the truth. In this phrase, uh, he's saying, talking about people... um, Returning from the error of their way, that's actually a noun. Uh, so the error, uh, so wandering is something, um, sorry, true. It's the wandering is something that can be done. We can actually be in a state of wandering or not. Uh, and James is saying, yeah, if somebody brings people back from the error of their way, if somebody takes the initiative uh, to bring them back, um, 
amazing things can happen. So I'm a trail runner. Uh, I'm a hiker, obviously, as you saw. I'm not a very good hiker, obviously. Uh, and so part of uh, the running club that I'm with, uh, with, as we raise funds for different things, we always give a portion of that to the local search and rescue team uh, because there, there's been different times where someone will get injured or lost or whatever, and we have to actually call search and rescue to save somebody. And so they actually get that person and save them from the error of their way, right? The thing that they did, and they come do that. And here James is saying, when we talk to someone and bring them back, it's similar to search and rescue. Um, we, are, we are bringing them back. We are saving them from a thing. And the thing is the error of their way. And they can be saved from that. And we actually, as followers of Jesus, are called to be a part of that. And here's why. James goes on. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death. The stakes are high. James is talking about eternal death. It's not save them from a little bit of discomfort, save them from an awkward situation, save them from death. A little earlier in James, uh, he talks about this in chapter 1, verse 14. He says this, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Stakes are high. So James is saying, yeah, yeah, some of you are wandering away, or you know people who are wandering away. Um, If we just let them wander, unchecked, uncorrected, unhelped, that could end in death. But if you save them by snatching them, uh, sorry, that's Jews snatching them from the fire, but if you save them from the error of their way, you save them from death. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I love that it ends this way. Uh, Actually, the whole book ends with that covering of a multitude of sins. Uh, That's a reference to forgiveness. Um, I think James might actually be drawing on Psalm 32. Uh, Let me read Psalm 32 to you. It's an amazing psalm. I'm not going to read the whole thing, just verses 1 to 5. If you're ever working through, uh, you you know, uh, maybe your disloyalty to God or things that you've done or in the past or are doing now or whatever, and you're going, oh, man, I know this is wrecking my relationship with God, but I don't know how to fix it. Uh, Let these verses speak into you. This is Psalm 32, verses 1 to 5. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. So James picks up that theme, right? Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, in uh, in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Did you catch in there uh, that if we try to cover up our own sin, it ends in exhaustion and failure? But when we allow someone else to cover up our sins, i.e. Jesus, It results in forgiveness. That's what James is talking about here. 
Let me suggest three ways we could respond to this. Uh, and I'm going to use the language, am I? Because I want us to personalize this, right? And go, as, as, we're, list, as we, we're listening to James talk about wandering from the faith and bringing people back and what that means, uh, maybe there's three scenarios we can ask ourselves and, and see which one maybe, maybe fits with where we're at. The first one is simply this. Is, am I a wanderer myself? Like I, I think of when any time I've ever been lost, which has happened more than once, <laughs> uh, it always happens slowly. It's never a switch, right? It's always here's the trail or here's the route, and then you kind of go off it somehow, and then it takes a while to figure it out. But by the time you figure it out, oh, there's a big space between where I'm supposed to be and where I am. The same thing can be true in our walk with Jesus, uh, in our spiritual journey. Um, and so the question I have for me and for us is, Am I self-aware enough? Am I, uh, do I spend enough time actually thinking about my relationship with God and, and reading Scripture and immersing myself in that so I know the way? Do I do that enough that I can actually sense when I drift off? Am I too busy uh, to do that? Do I not, do I, like, what, am I, what am I doing in my life to notice that maybe I'm wandering? And then if I am wandering, what do I do? Do I go, well, it's too late now. No, that's the worst thing to do, right, is, is, start, is trying, trying to make it worse. If you're lost, get back on the track. So I just encourage you, encourage me, uh, to go, get, are there areas in my life that I'm wandering? Uh, and just take a season, take a moment, and go, hmm, I need to look at my own spiritual life and actually wonder, have I been wandering? No one may see that. No one may know you're wandering. You may look like you have it all together and you're just following, uh, you know, and you're amazingly spiritually healthy, but you know inside, I'm starting to wander. Second, maybe you're going, ah, you know what, I'm actually seeing somebody who's wandering. There's somebody in my family. There's somebody uh, in my life, a friend or whatever, and, and, and uh, maybe they're wandering. So the question, though, is do you actually know other people well enough to know whether or they're wandering? Because not everybody who looks like a wanderer is a wanderer, and not everybody who wanders looks like a wanderer right? So do you know people well enough that you can actually see, I think they might be wandering. I wonder if they're struggling with this. So when you sense that, when you see that, are you willing to have the courage to actually talk with them and say, hey, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm not, but I just wonder, right? How are you, how are you doing with Jesus? How are you doing with God? How's your spiritual life? How's your... And, but do we have enough time and space in our life to do that? Or do we go, oh, I think I see that. I, I don't have time. I don't have time. And do we have relationships that are deep enough that we actually can see that in people? I think James is talking about that as well. And then the third one, you know, not only am I a wanderer, kind of that reflective question, or do I see other people who are wandering? The third one is, uh, am I actually bringing someone back who's wandering? Are you, or maybe that's who you are. Maybe that's you know, something you do really well at, having those conversations and whatever. Uh, I think that'd be a really, really good thing. As James says, though, uh, be careful when you snatch someone from the fire that you also don't get burned. So there's something to be said for keeping ourselves on a path, even as we're trying to bring back others. Um, but there's this dance we have to do, I think, as followers of Jesus. And it's the dance between uh, calling someone to come back to the truth but also being gracious and letting the Holy Spirit do his work. 
I'm not the Holy Spirit. Uh, if any of you have kids, uh, you know, and as they get older and you see them doing things and you're like, oh, I wish I could, right? We have to, uh, parenting is a constant reminder that we're not God uh, and that we're not the Holy Spirit. And, but we have to love people in a way and interact with them in a way that actually hopefully helps God interact with them and work on, on areas that they need working on. And it's the same thing if you and I see somebody who is maybe we go as wandering, or wandering. Uh, this is not a call to be judgmental and, uh, you know, bam, hit him with the hammer. But it's a call to actually call things out uh, and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit transforms people we don't. So I would say uh, James covers all kinds of stuff here, right? Uh, the whole idea of, you know, people can wander from the truth. Are you that person? Are there people in your life? And what are you and I doing about that to call ourselves and others back onto the path to follow Jesus faithfully, to follow Jesus with integrity in these days uh, where we need to be a bright witness like never before? I'll end with this. And then I want to pray for you. Um, wherever you have wandered, and I don't know where you've wandered, other people may not know where you've wandered, um, your true home is with Jesus. So come back to Jesus. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I thank you so much that you are always wanting us to come home to you. No matter where we have wandered, uh, no matter how long we have wandered, no matter what that wandering looks like, uh, no matter if people see the wandering or not, and it's just internal or or whatever, no matter what it is, you are always wanting us to come back, always seeking for us to come back, always welcoming us back with open arms. And so I pray for those of us right here this morning who, when we stop and think about our own lives, if we're honest, we go, yeah, you know what? I think I've started to wander. Or man, I wandered a long time ago. For those of us who that's our scenario, God, I just ask that you Help each one of us understand how deeply you love us, how desperately you want us to come back, and we always can come back. So if people, if we have barriers in our minds that are stopping us from coming back to you, just demolish those barriers, please, God, uh, so that we can come back to you. And then I also pray for those in the church here uh, who are looking around and see family members who have wandered away and their hearts are broken about that. Or see friends who are walking away and they're going, I don't know what to do about that. I just ask that you bring comfort to those who are grieving over those who are wandering and courage to everybody to have those conversations, uh, to invite and bring people back onto the path with you. Uh, God, so may this be a season in Sun West where wanderers come home, uh, wherever they are, uh, however long they've been gone. Not come home to the church, although that that's, will happen, but that they come home to you, uh, God. Yeah, and just ask that in the power of uh, Jesus' name. Amen. And we, we speak of the unconditional grace, uh, the unconditional love of God. Uh, and in many ways, that's true. Uh, in, in the way that there is nothing that we could ever do, no place that we could ever wander, uh, that we cannot come back from, that, uh, that uh, God's forgiveness would not cover. Uh, but there is one condition, uh, and the condition is recognizing our need. Uh, the condition is is actually getting to a humble place of recognizing our need to be in relationship with God, our need for forgiveness, our need for grace. Um, and, and 
God loves to work in concert with our choice. Over and over again in the scriptures, Jesus asks, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Uh, even though he knows the needs of the people that he's ministering to, because uh, what we choose matters. How we choose to respond to the invitation of grace matters. Uh, and so as we uh, end this morning, I just uh, I, I would just invite you to close your eyes and ponder these questions that Mark left with us. Um, am I a wanderer myself? Uh, am I wandering from the truth myself? Am I, am I wandering from the way of Jesus myself? And, uh, and I hope you can hear the Holy Spirit asking you, what do you want to do? Uh, do you want to come back? There's grace for you, but I will not violate your choice. Um, am I wandering myself? Uh, maybe uh, the second question that Mark was putting before us, do, am I aware of someone that's wandering? Uh, and is, is God actually calling me to get over my own discomfort uh, and reach out to them, to come alongside them. Uh, because when we don't reach out to somebody, it's often, uh, it's often a sign that we love our own comfort more than we love that person. And so maybe God's inviting you uh, to push outside of your comfort zone, to love that person enough uh, to reach out to them, to call them back. As we close the service, uh, as always, we have prayer teams available. Uh, and, and perhaps this is an opportunity for you to respond personally and say, I've been wandering and want to come back. Perhaps it's an opportunity uh, for you to pray for the courage uh, with someone to step out uh, because there's, you have a friend, you have a family member, you, uh, there's someone in your walk of life that you know is wandering that, that God is telling you uh, to actually take initiative to reach out to. Uh, maybe you would just want to intercede and pray for that person. You know, intercede, that's a, it's one of those Christian words that just means praying for someone. Um, and our prayer teams would love to pray with you for that loved one, for that person in your family, in your life, uh, that you know is wandering, that you believe God wants to invite back. So let me pray for you. Uh, and thank you, Mark, again for bringing the word this morning. Appreciate that um, and reminding us uh, about the path that God's called us to. Uh, so, Lord, we thank you. Uh, God, we thank you that you are the God who initiates. Uh, Lord, we thank you that over and over again in your word, we see you initiating, 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 um, calling us, calling those that you love, that you've created. Um, but Lord, we also thank you that you're a God who... Um, who has actually given us freedom and given us choice. Lord, I pray we wouldn't squander that. And so uh, this morning, as we get honest with ourselves, uh, maybe nobody thinks that we're wandering, but we know in our hearts, Lord, that our, uh, that our hearts have wandered. Uh, Lord, may we respond and choose to come uh, back to you. Uh, Lord, we know that there's people in our lives, uh, siblings, kids, brothers, sisters, parents, uh, that have wandered from the faith, that have wandered from the truth. Maybe they've just become apathetic to the truth. Uh, Lord, we know that you've called us to be a light, and I pray, God, that uh, we would uh, be your hands, your feet, your voice, your encouragement in the places that you're calling us to do that, that you would give us courage, Lord, that we would love people enough 
to call them back. That we love people enough to initiate the way that you've initiated with us. We thank you for this. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you uh, again for coming. Again, prayer teams are available at the front. We have Discovering Sunwest tonight at 6. Uh, have a blessed week. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.